Hey everyone, this is Greg Shoots for ReadyForTheDraft.com, and this is episode three of the Ready for the Draft podcast. College football fans, the wait is over. College football season is here. On Saturday, we've got two matchups, Florida and Miami, Arizona and Hawaii, kicking things off for the college football season before we get the full slate of games next weekend. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this ever since the football season ended. We had the draft season. And once the draft ended, enjoyed our summers, and now we can get back to college football. And I promise you, each and every week, we will take a look at the matchups. And we'll take a look at the previous week, break down each of the games, the guys that you really want to be paying attention to for the 2020 draft. We're going to take a look at all of those matchups. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this Miami-Florida matchup on uh, August 24th, this Saturday. So this is going to be a, obviously a big game. Um, it's going to be in Orlando, Florida, so at a neutral site. And I'll tell you, this is really a matchup, obviously, in-state rivals. I'm really looking forward to seeing the matchup between the Florida offense and the Miami Hurricane defense. I know the turnover chain, Manny Diaz. It's really going to be interesting to see what Miami brings to the table there on defense. But if you take a look at Florida... You've got Felipe Franks at quarterback. And Felipe Franks is, is one of those quarterbacks having, you know, he had an up and down season, uh, I thought, a season ago. He's a big kid, 6'6, 227 pounds. Uh, he's going to be a junior in 2019, so he is actually eligible for the draft, but a 56.8% completion percentage uh, last season, just over 2,400 yards passing, did throw for 24 touchdowns and just six interceptions. Also got it done on the ground, 362 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. But again, the inaccuracy at times, the decision-making, you know, those are going to be issues that he's going to run into. And really with, with Felipe Franks there at quarterback, you're going to look at, we're going to break down the receivers and, and the defensive backs for Miami here in a little bit. But he's got an offensive line in front of him that has to replace Jawan Taylor at right tackle, Martez Ivy at left tackle, and obviously, you know, the guard as well on the right side, Fred Johnson. There's four offensive linemen in total that they have to replace. The only guy that's coming back is Nick Buchanan, who is a legitimate pro prospect, 6'3", 291 pounds. When you're replacing four starters on the offensive line, if that offensive line is able to produce a 1,000-yard rusher with LaMichael P. Rhyme, who we'll talk about here in just a moment, if they're able to do that, if they're able to give Felipe Franks time, allow him to really sit back and and you know the time in that pocket, that's gonna say something that's gonna speak something to Nick Buchanan's leadership. Really taking this young core of offensive linemen and really mold them into uh, a better offensive line there in the SEC. They're going to go up against a lot of difficult front fours. And I'll tell you what, Miami has one of those front fours that they're really going to have to watch out for. Uh, you know, they have Jonathan Garvin, who's going into his junior season at defensive end, 6'4", 256 pounds, coming off the edge. Uh, a season ago, 17 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, five pass breakups, excellent length, good bend coming around the edge. So, 
those tackles really going to have to watch out for Garvin. Does a really good job setting his man up, can can rush the passer on the inside as well. Um, but I, I think the real key there up front is going to be Trevin Hill. 6'3", 245, the transfer from Virginia Tech. You know, this is a guy who, you know, against Old Dominion there at Virginia Tech, uh, I think it was September 22nd, I want to say. So just over a year ago, or I'm sorry, just under a year ago, he uh, had an, an issue, an altercation, and ultimately was kicked off the team. But in three games with the Hokies, four and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, had you know in his career for the Hokies, 20 tackles for loss, 11 sacks, uh, an interception, pass breakup, a couple of uh, fumble recoveries as well. This is a guy who is very explosive coming off the edge. You know, has pretty good length as well. Bends like nobody's business. This is a guy who can really bend the edge, can really turn the corner in a hurry. You know, the fluidity in his hips, the ankle flexion. He, he's able to turn the corner and really, you know, at a, at a difficult angle coming around that edge. Reminds you a lot of Brian Burns with that ankle flexion, being able to really wreak havoc coming off the edge. He's going to be a tough matchup for those those tackles there at, at Florida. You know, Florida is going to be starting guys like, uh, you know, Stone Forsyth and, uh, and, and Gene DeLance. Um, there at left and right tackles. Now, you know, Forsyth, you know, he's 6'7", 323, a junior. And, you know, he's no Martavis Ivy, or I'm sorry, Martez Ivy. He's no Jawan Taylor. So they're going to be up against some pretty solid pass rushers. Not to mention, you got Pat Bethel there on the inside. You know, when, when you've got a defensive tackle like Pat Bethel, a guy who can collapse the pocket from within, and uh, also pretty stout against the run. This is a guy that uh, you know I, I think is really going to cause problems for the interior of that line. He's going to be someone that Nick Buchanan is going to have to deal with. 6'3", 290 pounds. He's a guy that can get some penetration and, and cause some problems behind the line of scrimmage. Played in just nine games. Still have five tackles for loss and two sacks to go with 22 tackles. Pat Bethel, I think, is going to be one of those guys. You're going to talk about Trevin Hill. You're going to talk about the linebackers, as I'm going to be doing just now. Um, but Pat Bethel is going to be one of those guys to watch out for. He's a senior, and I think he's primed for a big season. And if he does do that, he's going to be one of those sleepers that's going to start rising up some of those draft boards. Now, the linebackers. I mentioned the linebackers there for Miami. They're going to be keying in on LaMichael P. Ryan. LaMichael P. Ryan, 5'11", 227 pound uh, senior running back. And, you know, LaMichael P. Ryan, here's the deal. He's no longer sharing the backfield. It's going to be him. He's going to be the bell cow. He's the one that's going to be running behind this offensive line. No more uh, Jordan um, Scarlett. Jordan Scarlett's no longer there. He still rushed for uh, 826 yards, seven touchdowns. That's 6.2 yards per carry, 13 receptions out of the backfield while sharing those duties with Jordan Scarlett. I'm going to be interested to see what Michael P. Ryan's able to do. He has some power, has a burst uh, to go with it. And the real question is going to be, what's that offensive line going to be, be like for him? Um, if he does get out in space, he's very elusive in space, pretty good hands, um, You know, does a good job following his blocks, good cutback ability, good vision. 
And, uh, you know, I think, you know, he keeps those legs turning as well. Just really keeps fighting for, uh, for extra yards, uh, a good goal line option, always fighting, uh, to get to the end zone as well. P Ryan is going to be seeing that trio of linebackers all day long. One of my favorite linebackers in this entire draft class is going to be Shaq Quarterman. Shaquille Quarterman, 6'1", 240 pounds, has started every game for the Hurricanes. That's 39 starts in his career. When you look at his numbers, 249 total tackles. He was second on the team in tackles in each of the last three seasons. So his sack totals, you know, 11 sacks, eight pass breakups. This is a guy, he's a really good blitzer. He's a guy that's going to be looking to shoot those A-gaps, times his blitzes very well. He's a guy who could drop into coverage a little bit, you know, has good instincts, reads the quarterback's eyes, has the the athleticism to be able to play sideline to sideline, can get inside out, can set the edge, and uh, force the running backs back inside. Uh, he's a thumper coming downhill, reminds you a, a little bit of, of Denzel Perryman in that respect. I like Shaq Quarterman. I think he's one of the more underrated linebackers because there's talk about everybody else. They're talking about Dylan Moses. They're talking about Patty Fisher. They're talking about all of these linebackers, you know, Troy Dye, Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray. A lot of underclassmen are getting a lot of love, but Shaq Quarterman is right up there. And he's somebody who's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're going to have to key in and uh, and watch him there in the middle uh, if you're looking for a guy, you know, the team captain, number number 55, right there in the middle, Shaq Quarterman is going to be the guy to watch. Michael Pinckney on the outside, 6'1", 229 pounds. Now, Michael Pinckney is no slouch. Third on the team in tackles each of the last two seasons. You know, another guy, he's had 38 starts under his belt. And just, you know, he, he's not a guy who's who's very flashy, but he's just a guy who's solid and gets the job done. He's going to be somebody, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and he's going to be keying on the Michael P. Ryan as well. You know, that's going to be one of the things, uh, both he and Felipe Franks, I think both Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pinckney are going to be spying on Felipe Franks just a little bit. Now, Florida likes to run three wide receiver sets, so you'll see Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, and Josh Hammond there in, uh, in that passing attack. So we won't see quite as much of uh, of Zach McLeod, but Zach McLeod is no slouch. 6'2", 235 pounds, uh, you know, a, a guy who has 129 tackles in his career, 12 and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. But really, when they're looking to go to that nickel package, Zach McLeod comes out of the game. So he's one of those guys that uh, has has the talent. He's just you know really overshadowed by by Shaq Quarterman and and Michael Pinckney, but Zach Zach McLeod another senior to to keep an eye on. Um, so Michael Pirine against the linebacker is going to be a real interesting matchup, especially you know with that new offensive line. I think that's where Miami really has the edge. Now here's the deal. Let's flip it a little bit. Florida I think may have the edge there from the skill position receivers, especially at receiver. Van Jefferson. The transfer from Ole Miss, you know, last season proved that he could be a vertical threat. 6'2", 197 pounds, uh, you know, a guy who can get vertical and, uh, you know, is a playmaker there on the outside for the Gators. Um, trying to scroll through here to find some of his numbers. So let's see. In uh, in two seasons at Ole Miss, 
91 receptions, just under 1,000 yards, uh, four touchdowns. And then at Florida last season, played in 11 games, 35 receptions, 503 yards, and six touchdowns. Felipe Franks, that's going to be his go-to guy. You know, the son of of, uh, San Diego Charger, great wide receiver, Sean Jefferson. I think Van Jefferson's going to be that guy on the outside. He has excellent size. He's going to be the guy that's going to match up probably with Miami's top corner, and that's Trajan Bandy. 5'9", 188 pounds, undersized corner, but a guy who has really good ball skills. You know, he's someone who I think does a really good job attacking the ball when it's in the air. You know, really a gutsy gaming performer. Eight pass breakups a season ago to go along with three interceptions as a sophomore. He's a junior now, and he's really going to be the guy that's going to be leading that secondary going up against these receivers. You know, Tyree Cleveland, also a senior. You know, this is a kid who... A season ago, if I can find him, let's see, there are his stats. You know, just 18 receptions, 212 yards, and, and three touchdowns. Uh, but he was the third uh, third leading receiver in terms of receptions, fourth in, in yards on the team. And, and it's one of those things, a season ago, they weren't really a, a passing, you know, a, a passing team. They, they really wanted to look to run the football. I mean, between uh, P. Ryan, Scarlett, and Franks, the top three rushers, you know, you're looking at well over 300 carries for, let's see, 18, 1900 yards uh, versus the 2,400 yards passing that Felipe Franks had. So no eye-popping numbers, but you know, make no mistake, Tyree Cleveland is a guy who can stretch defenses a little bit, uh, 6'2", uh, 206, and then Josh Hammond, six foot, 194 pounds. Josh Hammond is going to be no slouch either there on the outside. Um, and they'll be going up against, you know, again, not only Trajan Bandy, uh, but uh, who's going to be the most experienced of the guys there on the back end. They do have Al Blades, you know, played in a little bit of, uh, had a little bit of time, just 13 tackles and a, and a tackle for loss. He's only a uh, uh, only a sophomore on the year. And then the safeties, you know, Amari Carter is a junior, Bubba Bolden, transfer from USC, a former five-star recruit. Didn't really see much time there with the Trojans outside of the special teams. So that's really going to be something that you're going to have to watch out for because they're losing, you know, the veteran presence there in the secondary. No Jaquan Johnson, no Sheldrick Redwine at safety, no Michael Jackson at corner. You know, those are three big names that you have there at the safety position or safety and cornerback position that we don't have anymore at the U. So you're going to have a lot of new guys that are coming in. So because of that, I think that's where Felipe Franks has an opportunity to take advantage of that, that inexperience in the secondary, if that offensive line can hold up against that pass rush. And that front seven is going to be wreaking havoc all day long against the Gators. But if they can hold up just enough, allow Felipe Franks to make some plays down the football field, there will be plays to be had, especially outside the numbers. You know, that's going to be the really the game that I'm going to be watching for. I think that's what makes it so intriguing is, this new offensive line, are they going to be able to give him enough, Felipe Franks, enough time? Is Felipe Franks going to be able to make enough plays? That's going to be, that's really what I want to watch, and, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, now, the flip side, Miami, when they're on offense, you're going to have uh, Jaron Williams. Uh, and if you're looking at his stat line from a season ago, one of three for 17 yards, uh, but he beat out uh, Nikosi Perry and uh, the transfer from Ohio State, Tate Martell. So, 
what does Miami's offense look like now? You know, Travis Homer, the leading rusher the last last three seasons, 985 yards rushing a season ago. He's gone. DJ Dallas is going to be the guy. You know, 109 carries, 617 yards, six touchdowns, another 10 receptions out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, DJ Dallas, he's a junior, 5'10", 220 pounds. And, you know, Homer was a guy who wanted to be a little elusive. Uh, DJ Dallas is going to run through you and also run around you. So it'll be interesting to really watch what DJ Dallas can do there in the backfield for uh, the Miami Hurricanes. When you look at this offensive line, this is another team, offensive line-wise, you know, it's going to be questionable. I think that's one of the things that Miami is really going to have to watch out for is is their offensive line play. Um, Specifically, you know, you look at, you know, who who do we have coming back? We have DJ Scaife Jr., the the left tackle, 6'3", 300 pounds. He's only a sophomore. Um, I think if you're talking about pro prospects, you know, and Devon Donaldson um, sitting there at, at uh, the left guard position, 6'5", 340 pounds, a big mammoth man there on the interior of the line, only a junior, but he's the guy that I'm really going to be watching for. But in terms of the veteran presence, you're, you're really lacking some of that, that, that veteran presence up front for this, this team, this roster. So it's really going to be interesting to see. You've got a, a quarterback who's relatively inexperienced in, in Jerem Williams playing behind this offensive line. And you've got DJ, you know, DJ Dallas really, I think, is going to see a lot of carries uh, coming out of the backfield. I think he's going to be, you know, early dose of him early and often. He's going to be a guy that's really going to be pounding the rock uh, quite a bit. You know, you, you have, you know, f- former five-star Lorenzo Lingard and uh, Robert Burns coming out of the backfield. Um, Cameron Harris had a, a really good spring from what I hear. Uh, Lingard uh, missed the spring recovering from knee surgery. So DJ Dallas is going to be that guy coming out of the backfield. So Hurricane fans, be ready to see what uh, what your running back can do early and often. Now I'll tell you, you know these two defenses. It's really going to be interesting um, because up front, defensive end Jabari Zuniga, six four, two hundred fifty seven pounds, the senior, um, really going to be asked to take charge of this this defense. You know, and and Zuniga, I thought that he was the most consistent defensive lineman. Yes, he he already had. Uh, the, the likes of, of Ja'Kai Polite playing there, but he and C.C. Jefferson were the starters, and Ja'Kai Polite had to come off the bench. You know, Zuniga would kick inside and rush the passer as an interior lineman, allowing Polite to come off the edge. But Zuniga, very consistent uh, performer, 27.5 tackles for loss in his career, 15.5 sacks, including a, a career-high 6.5 a season ago. Um, a, a guy who can set the edge against the run. I think he does a really good job there as well. He's going to be the the leader of that defense. You know, let, let's not uh, you know not get that twisted at all. You know, he's someone I think very disruptive against the run. Shoots gaps, gets into the backfield, uh, manhandles defensive tackles off the snap because of that speed. Plays with really good leverage as well against the offensive tackles. Does a good job driving into that pad level and then able to get off of them, disengage, and get to the quarterback. Not the most explosive guy coming off the edge, um, but a guy who can definitely get, get after the quarterback. At defensive tackle, you got Adam Schuler. 
He was a transfer from West Virginia, played for the, the Gators a season ago. 6'4", 275 pounds. Uh, he, he's someone who I really liked what, what he did when he was at, at West Virginia. You know, a guy who played with a little bit of attitude, a little bit of a mean streak at times. Uh, went over to Florida, 39 tackles, uh, three and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. He's someone I think really needs to step his game up. I'm waiting for him to really have a breakout season. I was expecting to see that in his first season with uh, the Gators. Didn't really see that because I was wanting to see what he could build upon after leaving uh, leaving West Virginia. Um, but they, they, at linebacker, you know, they get a, a, a transfer that comes in, and, and Jonathan Greenard, uh, 6'4", 263 pounds, out of out of Louisville, coming over. You know, this is a guy who I really enjoyed watching in 2017 there at Louisville. Um, you know, 48 tackles, but 15 and a half tackles for loss and seven sacks. So when you talk about guys coming off the edge, if you're running, uh, you know, a, a defense that's a, um, you know, a, a three-three-five, Jonathan Greenard coming off the edge, really rushing that that quarterback. You know, he can be a down lineman if you need need him to as well. But I think he's going to be that rush linebacker that is going to take the place of Jakai Polite. And so he's going to really test those offensive tackles there for Miami, um, you know, quite a bit coming off the edge. Then there's David Reese, the second. You know, David Reese is a guy who, you know, he's battled injuries. We talked about him last week. But uh, a guy, the second leading tackler to Fasan Joseph with 81 tackles, two, uh, two and a half tackles for loss. A guy who you know, battled, has battled through injuries, needs to stay healthy. That's really the biggest thing. If, uh, if there was anything for, for David Reese, it's, it's just please, please, you know, hopefully you have a season where you can compl- stay completely healthy. Really show everyone what you can do uh, because he played with Fasan Joseph. And I thought, you know, Joseph made a lot of splash plays, but I thought, you know, Reese was more consistent. Um, you know, 102 tackles in, in 2017. Uh, that's really where he was able to show what he could do at the linebacker position. And, uh, you know, going down, battling some of those injuries, you know, he's going to have to show everyone that he's he's all the way back. You know, I, I don't think he was, you know, what we saw in, in 2018. Yes, he battled back, but I don't think that was the best that we've seen. If he can be completely healthy... I think he can return to that 2017 form. Um, does a really good job playing against against the run. Plugs holes. Um, you know, excellent in the open field. Has speed to the perimeter against the run. Um, again, against Vanderbilt, going up against an elite running back like Keyshawn Vaughn, didn't wrap up in the hole. Um, ultimately allowed Vaughn to bounce it to the outside. Just kind of dove at his feet. Um, but you know, a really good job. You know, has a really high motor, chasing running backs down from behind, um, blitzing off the edge to pressure the quarterback as well. Can drop into coverage a little bit. Um, you know, against Duke, picked up the tight end on a on an in route, no separation. Quarterback still tried to fit it in. That's good old Daniel Jones. Um, got his inside arm in to to knock the ball up. Um, Popped up off the tight end, intercepted by by Jaquan Johnson. So David, I'm I'm sorry, um, not Jaquan Johnson. Um, it was picked off by the by the safety uh, there for for Florida. But in in any event, you know what you're looking at is is a linebacker who, if he can be can be healthy, will be one of those underrated inside linebackers there um, for Florida. So. That takes care of really kind of the the front seven. So Miami, when you talk about their passing attack, 
you know, what that's going to look like really, you know, from a quarterback position, the quarterback play a season ago, uh, you know, with Perry and Malik Rozier, um, you know, left a little bit to be desired, you know, just over 2000 yards passing 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, really kind of a shaky passing attack. And, uh, you know, when you look at it, you know, the leading receiver is back. That's Jeff Thomas, just 35 receptions, 563 yards and three touchdowns. Um, you know, the, Leading touchdown maker for them a season ago was was Lawrence Cager. He's gone. He's transferred to Georgia. So really, the guy that that's going to be a, a big area of focus will be Jeff Thomas. Um, you know that five five ten, 170 pound junior, a vertical threat, a guy who has good speed, good route runner as well. Um, but they get they lose Cager, but they get a guy like KJ Osborne. Really had a breakout season for the Buffalo Bulls a season ago when Anthony Johnson went down to injury. He and Tyree Jackson built some chemistry, and it was really a lot of fun to watch. You know, uh, 53 receptions, 892 yards for for Osborne, six foot, 200 pounds, a guy who can play both on the outside and the slot, a guy who can work the middle really well, runs good routes, can be a vertical threat for you, stretching the defense. And then, uh, you know, Mike Mike Harley, you know, 21 receptions a season ago, 240 yards, um, can be a weapon down the field as well. You have Brevin Jordan, the tight end, um, was the, the second leading receiver, at least in terms of receptions, 32 receptions, 287 yards, four touchdowns. He's back as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. He's only a sophomore, and I think Brevin Jordan's going to continue to get better and better for them. But you know the, that that receiving, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the quarterback at the quarterback position. You know, will Jaron Williams be able to rise to the occasion? Are they going to bring in Tate Martell, have him run some wildcat and things like that, be a running quarterback, much like what they did at at Ohio State, or are they going to allow Tate Martell to really take the you know, the training wheels off and start cutting loose with the football. Be interesting. It remains to be seen. That front seven is going to wreak some havoc. But on the back end, here's where we get our first chance to really watch C.J. Henderson. Now, C.J. Henderson, if you haven't gotten to watch him, you'll be in for a treat. This is one of the nation's best corners. 6'1", 191 pounds, junior uh, you know, a season ago, had two interceptions, four interceptions as a freshman, really burst onto the scene. Um, you know, so six interceptions in his career, nine pass breakups, uh, had two forced fumbles a season ago. You know, this is a guy, two of his four interceptions in 2017 were returned for touchdown. Um, you know, a, a guy who just seems to continue to get better and better. Uh, each and every game, each and every time that you see him, he has a chance to be, you know, have, you know, all the postseason accolades, you know, he's on all the, he's on the Thorpe Award watch list, you know, could be you know on some preseason All-American lists, definitely a first team All-SEC performer. I want to see what C.J. Henderson can do against the likes of, of Jeff Thomas and K.J. Osborne. Can he handle the speed? Want to see, you know, if he does get beat, what type of recovery? Does he panic? Do the hands go up or does he stay patient? Is he you know, in phase? You know, what does that look like? Um, you know, the route recognition. I really want to see him take his game to the next level because if we're talking about first-round corners, we only have one quarterback drafted in the first round last in the 2019 draft, and that was DeAndre Baker. You know, and that guy, you know, shut down 
quite a few SEC wide receivers that he still was taken on the back half of, of round number one. If C.J. Henderson really wants to make his mark, he's going to have to step his game up even more, and this will be a good test, a good start going against some speed merchants like, like Jeff Thomas and K.J. Osborne, who are also really good route runners. Now, beyond C.J. Henderson, you know, I think there's you know a little bit of some question marks. you got Mar- uh, Marco Wilson a sophomore, six foot, 180 pounds, and, and Trey Dean, a sophomore, 6'3", 194 pounds, playing the nickel. Really good size. You know, that's really good size there in the secondary for uh, for the Gators. Trey Dean picked off one pass, returned it for 44 yards, has five pass breakups to his name as well. Uh, and uh, Marco Wilson... I think it's Marco Wilson that's going to end up starting there on, on the other side. Um, if I can find him now, as I'm looking through my stats here, Marco, where'd you go, bud? Six foot, 190 pounds. Probable. You know, he had a had the torn uh, torn knee. That's why I couldn't really find him. Torn knee in, in, in the first game. But as a true freshman... Um, you know, 34 tackles, 10 pass breakups, showed really good ball skills, um, really had to have the medical red shirt in 2018 battling that ACL. Uh, looks like he is going to make a season debut against Miami. So, uh, we'll get to see him come back, but again, how's that knee holding up? He's, you know, a year layoff and, uh, you know, he's, he's a young kid. He's a red shirt sophomore, which also makes him eligible for the draft. So, you know, he'll at least be, be getting his name out there, and we'll get to see what Marco Wilson can do. Uh, at the safety position, though, safeties are in good hands. Donovan Steiner, 6'1", 203-pound junior. Brad Stewart, junior, 6'1", 200. Uh, you know, also a junior. You know, th- these safeties are our guys who made all-conference uh, you know, SEC uh, teams uh, a season ago as sophomore. Steiner was the fourth leading tackler, 49 tackles, uh, had a couple of picks and a pass breakup, also got to the quarterback once. Brad Stewart, uh, 41 tackles to his credit, a couple of pass breakups, and uh, you know had a couple of interceptions as well. A uh, couple of guys that, that do a really good job, um, you know, they're on the back end. You know, Brad Stewart, you know, he, he's someone who really flashed Quite a bit. Donovan Steiner, really a reliable guy there on the back end. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is gone. So, you know, Steiner and Stu- and uh, Stewart are really going to be relied upon there on the back end. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting matchup when you put Florida and Miami together. You always know throughout the records, these are two teams that don't really like each other. And they're going to be, uh, I, I think it's going to be a physical contest. And really, it's going to be a defensive game. I don't expect a ton of touchdowns. Um, you know, we've got two offensive lines that, to, you know, in my opinion, they're replacing a lot of starters. There's going to be some question marks up front. And, uh, you know, the quarterback play, Felipe Franks a season ago, up and down play, Jaron Williams, not much of a, you know, not much experience behind center. Um, we're going to see a lot of Lamichael Pirine and, and a lot of DJ Dallas, in my opinion, as well. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting game, you know. And and if you're if you're looking at it, trying to pick a, um, you know, a winner, I think right now I'm looking at Florida. Uh, I like what they have there with their their front seven um, and really getting to Jaron Williams. 
you know, that's really the the question mark. I don't know what Jaron Williams is going to look like. I like the front seven there in Miami. I think there are more question marks in their secondary. I think there's a little bit that Florida can take advantage of. I don't think we're going to be seeing a ton of touchdowns scored in this game. It'll probably be like 19-13, something like that. And uh, I think Florida will probably come away with the win. Although, you can never count out a team led by by Manny Diaz. That that personality is just infectious. So it'll be kind of a fun one to watch. But we also have the late game, Arizona and Hawaii. So if you're tuning in and watching, you got Miami and Florida there on ESPN. Uh, Florida ranked number eight in the nation, by the way. Um we got the late game on, on CBS Sports Network. That's Arizona at Hawaii. And uh, you're going to have the matchup of two quarterbacks, dynamic quarterbacks. Uh, and I, I think that's really the thing that I'm going to be looking for when I tune in. I want to watch Khalil Tate take on Cole McDonald. Now, Khalil Tate, I think everybody knows who he is. 6'2", 215-pound senior. I mean, come on. You know, Khalil Tate... Uh, one of the more, you know, one of the flashy quarterbacks in the uh, in all of college football. Is he going to be a guy who's going to uh, scream next level? Probably not. You know, 56% completion percentage uh, in his career, just over 4,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Um, you know, but a tremendous athlete. You know, he's got a got a heck of an arm. Rushed for over fourteen hundred yards in twenty seventeen with twelve touchdowns. And the thing with it is, is his arm. He's somebody who makes it look easy, effortless, just a flick of the wrist. But the discipline. Can he play within the confines of an offense? Can he play? You know, in the pocket, make plays there. Because even when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, I got on Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, when I wrote about him coming out of Texas Tech, just the fact that a lot of it was was street ball. And is that going to fit in the NFL? And really, Andy Reid was a genius, and he took really took his offense and kind of made it work to Patrick Mahomes' strengths. Could a team in the NFL do that for Khalil Tate? You know, I think it remains to be seen, but I really want to see what he can do when he's completely healthy. You know, what, what can Khalil Tate do in a Kevin Sumlin offense when he's completely healthy? We saw what he did, a glimpse of that in 2017 as a sophomore. Through, you know, he completed 62% of his passes, just under 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, but nine interceptions. You know, I, I want to see if he can be, you know, a guy that could take that leap. Is he an athlete who happens to play quarterback or is he a quarterback who happens to be a great athlete? And that was one of the things for Dak Prescott. You'll hear me talk about this a lot. Dak Prescott as a junior was an athlete who happened to play quarterback and that development from his junior to senior year, you saw him suddenly he's seeing the defense. He's making better reads. He's, you know, the, the zip out of, you know, out of his hand, the way that he's throwing the football, much more confident, much more control and command of the offense. And suddenly he turned into a guy who was a fourth round pick of the Dallas Cowboys. And now he's talking about 40 plus million dollars a year. That's what he's trying to get from Dallas at this point. Um, can Khalil Tate be that guy? I really want to see what that development is going to be as a quarterback moving, uh, you know, taking that, that step as a as a senior. Now, Cole McDonald, on the other hand, this was a guy, really a virtual unknown coming in as a sophomore in 2018. Uh, earned the starting job, um, 59% passer. Uh, over 3,800 yards, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, also rushed for 359 yards and another four touchdowns. 
uh, you know, to his credit. And Cole McDonald, this was a guy, you know, tremendous athlete. I think that's one of the things that really jumps out when you watch him on tape. Uh, a guy who can get outside the pocket. Um, and, uh, you know, does a really good job, just the pocket presence as well. Does a really good job feeling defenses, able to step up, avoid the rush, um, you know, extends plays really well. And I, I think that's really what's going to be so intriguing about this matchup. You know, McDonald, 6'4", 205 pounds. And, uh, you know, the guy who he burst onto the scene, honorable mention, all Mountain West Conference, four games with 300-plus passing, three games with 400 yards or more, seven games with three-plus touchdowns, including six against Navy. But he had seven interceptions in his last five games, including two apiece in three of his final four games. So really the back half of the season, kind of really want to forget that. Nick Rolovich has to be hoping that we're going to be seeing the first half uh, of the season. Um, you know, we want to see that Cole McDonald and really can he cut down on the mistakes. If he can do that, then... Hawaii is going to have a chance here against Arizona. Now, we look at the matchups. Arizona's offense against Hawaii's defense. Uh, you know, Hawaii running a 4 2 5 defense there under Corey Batoon, the, the, the defensive coordinator. And, uh, you know, for Arizona, you know, J.J. Taylor is the guy that you really have to talk about. He's only 5'6". I mean, just a little guy. 5'6", 184 pounds, hides behind those offensive tackles. He's a junior. So he still has the option to potentially come back for his senior season. And, you know, that that's going to be a big question mark, you know, if he has a big season. But uh, the little guy, you know, just, just getting it done. Um, you know, over 1,400 yards on the ground a season ago, you know, on 255 carries, six touchdowns, also caught 16 passes out of the backfield. Um Season, you know, the season before that as a redshirt freshman, 146 carries, 847 yards, and five touchdowns. You know, he has 30 receptions in his career with the Wildcats, but uh, you know, his thing is going to be running, uh, running to daylight. You know, the vision, his ability to run between the tackles and bounce it to the outside. Again, he hides behind those offensive linemen. Reminds me a lot of Quentin Griffin out of Oklahoma. Ultimately played for the Denver Broncos for a few years. J.J. Taylor using that size to his advantage, or lack thereof, I should say, um, playing against some some rather large offensive linemen there for, for Arizona. Um, that ground game, um, I, I think, you know, Donovan Lai, um, I think I'm pronouncing that right, 6'4", 315-pound sophomore, uh, was a starter as a freshman last year at, at left tackle. He and the, the senior guard, um, Cody Creason, you know, 6'4", 295 pounds. Those are really going to be the guys that I think you're going to see him run behind most often. Um, you know, Creason is is on the right side. And Donovan Lai is uh, Laie, possibly, um, on the left side. Those are going to be the, uh, the, the, the vets that he's really going to be wanting to key in and, and run behind. Um, so it, it's going to be an, an interesting group there up front. Um, for Arizona, um, you know, it's no Mazzoni offense. So you, you know that the offensive linemen are going to come in and, and, and do a pretty good job blocking for, for JJ Taylor, some of that zone blocking scheme. Um, so that Hawaii defense, um, you know, this is a team that's going to have to replace Jelani Tavai, the second round pick of, uh, of Detroit. Now he went down to injury in October 
And I think that was one of the things when you looked at the linebackers, you know, some guys really stepped up. Uh, Solomon Mat- uh, Mat- Matawatia, um, you know, Solomon, he's a 6'1", 230-pound senior. Um, Matawatia, um, you know, 92 tackles a season ago. And then Panay uh, Pavihai, um, 800, uh, I'm sorry, 87 tackles a season ago. But, you know, but Kanai Pakanko, uh, Paul Scott, Cheyenne, uh, Sanatoa, all got some experience behind Tavai when he went out to injury. So those linebackers, I think that's really going to be the strength of this defense. Um, you know, Blessman Ta'ala, uh, the, the big 6'1", 310-pound nose tackle. The sophomore delayed enrolling at Hawaii, um, battling a knee injury, but really did well there at the nose tackle position. And then uh, uh, Sammy Uela, um, Ako, Akateu, uh, a 6'2", 280-pound defensive tackle. He's another guy that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and then Kaimana Padello, you know, 6'2", 220-pound defensive end. Um, you know, a guy who's kind of undersized a little bit, but a guy who can definitely make plays coming off the edge. Um, if I can find, let's see, uh, 13.5 tackles for loss, 8.5 sacks uh, to lead the team. Um, I was just talking about Taala, you know, 32 tackles, three, three and a half tackles for loss at the nose tackle position. Uh, Akoteu, five and a half tackles for loss and three sacks. So these guys are known for, for putting pressure on the quarterback, getting penetration into the backfield. Um, you know, I, I talked about Pene uh, Pavihi, um, six and a half tackles for loss, uh, one and a half sacks, a couple of pass breakups and a couple of four, uh, fumble recoveries, um, and then Matautia, um, four and a half tackles for loss, a sack, four pass breakups, three forced fumbles. Uh, really, you know, Matautia um, and uh, Padello are going to really be those names to watch out for. Um, you know, rushing the passer, really putting some pressure there on Khalil Tate, and then uh, also filling in the gaps against the run. So that's kind of what you're going to see. They're, you know, really in the in the running game. I talked a little bit about getting after the quarterback as well. Now on the outside, uh, there's no more Sean uh, Sean Poindexter, the the leading receiver from a season ago. Um, you know, Poindexter is gone. Um, 42 receptions, 759 yards, 11 touchdowns. Now Sean Brown, um, the actual leader in receptions, was 640. Uh, I'm sorry, 64 receptions he's also gone so you're replacing a lot of uh a lot of experience there at the receiver position tony ellison also gone um but the leading receiver coming back is cedric peterson just 18 receptions a season ago 268 yards four touchdowns um but they're getting a guy a freshman coming in booby curry and uh, in 17 games uh in in high school in houston uh, 153 receptions uh just under 2,000 yards receiving and 21 touchdowns, 6'2", 206 pounds, going to be a weapon there on the outside. Um, you know, that's one of the things that you can say about Kevin Sumlin. He likes those big receivers, uh, and so he's going to be yet another threat there on the outside. And then at the tight end position, uh, Bryce Wolma. Um, he's you know just five receptions a season ago, 6'3", 245 pounds. He's a guy who I think could be an H back at the next level potentially, you know, potentially at you know at, at the tight end position as well. I want to see what he can do, how he can develop uh, here in his in his junior season. Can we see him as a player at the next level? That's really what I'm going to be looking for. But those receivers uh, going to be going up against the secondary, you know, the likes of Regesterman Ferris. Um, 
for Hawaii. That's going to be the best cornerback coming back. 11 pass breakups a season ago. Um, you know, he's 6'1", 180 pounds, has good size, good length, uh, does a good job attacking the football in the air. He's going to be joined by Eugene Ford, um, the nickelback. He's moving from corner to nickel, 6'2", 195-pound junior, um, had an interception, three pass breakups a season ago. So he's somebody who uh, can make some plays on the football. And then uh, the safety position, you know, they've got a couple of safeties, you know, uh, Ikemo Kiki, uh, 87 tackles to go along with three pass breakups. You know, he's a guy that uh, can play a little bit in the box as well. Um, you know, he's a free safety, but isn't afraid to come up uh, and, and hit some people. And then the fifth leading tackler, the the strong safety is Kalen Hicks, 76 tackles on the year, four tackles for loss, a sack, and three pass breakups. Six foot, 200 pounds. These are going to be the guys that are playing on the back end. Ferris going up against Peterson and Curry. You know, it, it's going to be interesting. You know, if, if Khalil Tate is is healthy, he's going to present some unique challenges there. But I think Hawaii, this defense, I, I think it's going. It's a little underrated. There, you know, you've got some guys on this defense who I think. You know, in that four-two-five scheme, it's going to be a unique defense that they're going to be throwing there in Mountain West. I think it's set up and designed well for the Mountain West, um, and I think those will be a good test for this defense. Now, I mentioned Cole McDonald there playing quarterback for the Warriors. Uh, running back, you're going to have Fred Holly, six-foot, uh, two-hundred-pound junior, and then the converted linebacker, uh, you know, Dayton Furuta. Uh, Twenty-seven of his carries went for first down. Now, um, you know, Dayton Furuta, uh, 93 carries, uh, 459 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and uh, 10 receptions uh, a season ago. Now, Fred Hawley um, was the second-leading rusher um, in terms of attempts behind Cole McDonald. In yardage, he was number one um, just by nine yards over, uh, over Furuta. Four touchdowns as well, eight receptions to his credit. Um, so they're going to have some guys who can can run the football. I think Fred Holly's going to have more of the elusiveness. Well, Faruda's just going to look to run you over uh, more than not. You know, I, I think Faruda's a guy who actually has a chance to be a, a fullback at the next level. 5'11", 250 pounds, fullback, H-back, a guy who just wants to hit some people. Um He's going to be, that's going to be fun to watch. That'll be a fun match of watching him run into Colin Schooler over and over and over again. Colin Schooler, look, six foot, 236 pounds. This inside linebacker is one of the guys that I you know, left out initially when I was looking at, at my linebackers. I honestly have no idea why. Um, you know, I, I missed out on, on Colin Schooler the first time around, had to bring him up a little bit later, but, you know, Schooler, 119 tackles a season ago, 21 and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, two interceptions, four pass breakups, and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, this guy literally made plays all over the field as a freshman in 2017, 96 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, two interceptions. So yeah, this guy has four interceptions in his career, five pass breakups, three forced fumbles, to go along with 215 tackles, 35 of which are for, went for loss, and seven and a half sacks. This guy is fun to watch. Now, look, his brother, uh, it, Brendan, is a receiver there at Oregon. But Colin Schooler is a guy, man, he's a he's a junior, and he's a linebacker nobody's really talking about, but a guy who I think could potentially enter the draft and get drafted higher than people are expecting. I think he could be a day-two pick. Huh. I'll calm down here just a little bit, but uh, no, uh, you know, Tony Fields, the second leading tackler also at the linebacker position, 89 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, 
two sacks, uh, 6'1", 230-pound junior. That's really where you're going to see the strength in this defense is at that linebacker position. Jalen Harris playing the stud position, uh, 6'4", 242-pound sophomore, um, had three sacks, four tackles for loss a season ago. Um, so he's someone who I think is going to continue to, they're going to look to, to put pressure on the quarterback, uh, a guy who I think has one of the best names in all of college football and Fenton Connolly, um, just 13 tackles a season ago, uh, you know, two and a half tackles for loss and, and got a sack six, five, 305 pounds, big defensive tackle. And then, uh, JB Brown, six, three, 258 pound junior, um, another guy who, you know, was a reserve a season ago, didn't see it, you know, uh, you know, a ton of action, you know, because, you know, this is a team that's going to have to replace the likes of a PJ Brown up front. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I will really be interested to see, you know, Derek Bowles was another guy, um, you know, but it's going to be interesting to see what Arizona can do against the run. Um, this was a team that, um, when you look at it, you know, against the run, 162 and a half yards, uh, given up per game, 4.2 average yards on the ground. Um, so it'll be interesting. You know, I'll be curious to see exactly what uh, what they can do defensively uh, there for Kevin Sumlin. Um, you know, let's see if I just bear with me one moment as I'm pulling through pulling through my stats here. Marcel Yates is the defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, that defense ranked 92nd nationally in total defense a season ago. Um, but again, Colin Schooler is going to be the guy. Uh, Tony Fields is also going to be a big playmaker there. You really want to see what they can do against the run. Now, here's something you know that I really am going to be excited to see. Cole McDonald throwing the football to uh, Cedric Bird and JoJo Ward. A couple of 5'9", 170-pound receivers, you know, guys who are going to be slot receivers at the next level. Um, but guys who can definitely make plays on the outside. Now, receiver-wise, when you're talking about Hawaii, you always had to rem- rem- uh, remind yourself that they had John Ursua, uh 89 receptions a season ago, over 1,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, was drafted in the league. Uh, but Cedric Bird, 79 catches, 970 yards, 9 touchdowns, really in his first season there for, uh, for Hawaii. And, uh, you know, it's because he was a, a Duco transfer, came over from, uh, I believe it was Long Beach City College, and a, a guy who really, really came on, you know, as a, as a weapon there, really complimented John Ursua well. Ursua, really precision route runner. Um, and, and Cedric Bird, a guy who was more of that explosive playmaker. JoJo Ward, another guy who can attack uh, defenses both outside the numbers and coming across the middle. He added 51 catches, 865 yards. That's 17 yards per reception, um, which, if I'm not mistaken, is tops on the team. And it is. So tops on the team. And, uh, you know, racked up nine touchdowns as well. Look, this is a team that's going to score some points. But, uh, you know, that production in the passing game between your Sua, Bird, and Ward a season ago, you had 34 uh, touchdowns, which, you know, that, that's that's something that, okay, that's great that you had the 34, 34 scores between three players. But you know, that just leaves, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine receptions, uh, receiving touchdowns by the rest of the offense. You know, that's something you need to spread the, the, the ball around a little bit more. You know, guys like uh, Jason Matthew Sharsh um, should be seeing more passes thrown his way. When you take a guy like John Ursua out, who meant so much to the offense, uh, guys like Cedric Byrd and JoJo Ward have to step up. They're going to be battling the likes of uh, you know Lorenzo Burns. I thought last year as a sophomore, uh, Burns had a had a pretty solid season overall. Um, you know Burns, uh, eleven pass breakups to his credit, and uh, you know five ten, one hundred eighty one pound junior. Not the biggest guy in the world, but really a a, a heady playmaker. Jace Whitaker is coming back from injury, um, so just like Marco Wilson, you know Jace Whitaker having to battle through. Um, you know, an injury that really put him out uh, all but one game a season ago. Um, you know, and, and someone who in 2017 um, had three interceptions, you know, to go along with 13 pass breakups, has 28 total pass breakups in his career. Um, a guy who I, I think before that injury was a guy who was tracking to be uh, a potential um have potential to be drafted in the in 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 the draft. You know, you had uh, a guy like Dane Dane Crookshank playing safety there. And, and this is a guy who I think, you know, is even better than that. I think Jace Whitaker is a guy I really want to see what he can do against these speed these speed burners, these undersized guys. You know, is he gonna have that discipline? You know, and what's he gonna look like coming off of that knee injury? Tristan Cooper at safety, 6'1, 195 pounds. The senior, he's gonna provide some veteran leadership on the back end of the defense. Had six pass breakups to go with 36 tackles on the year. He was the seventh leading tackler a season ago. And then Scotty Young, uh, just a junior, 5'11, 200 pounds. Um, you know, this is a guy who Led the team with three interceptions, had another three pass breakups as well, playing the free safety position. These are going to be the guys on the back end of that defense. And I mentioned that front seven. They're going to be going up against you know a, a line that uh, you know basically you have Il Manning and uh, Solo uh, Vipulu. Uh, I'm sorry, Vipulu and Vipulu and uh, and Manning. Um, you know both guys who are under 300 pounds. But they, you know, as true freshmen a season ago, um, over 900 snaps a piece, um, and then the big guys, you know, are really on the interior of that line, um, you know, really led by their their center, um, who's a you know a big boy, I might add. Um, the center position is is Cole Laval, uh, 6'6", 340 pounds, uh, and then J.R. Hensley, the the left guard, 6'5", 310 pounds. Both of those guys are seniors, um, so you're gonna have those guys there on the uh, on the interior to go along with Solo Vipulu there at right guard. Il Manning is a guy at left tackle who really showed you know towards the end of the season a guy who is primed for a breakout year there in the Mountain West Conference. They're gonna be having to look to, to try to shut down the likes of, of Jalen Harris and find ways to slow down Colin Schooler and Tony Fields who are gonna be shooting gaps trying to get into the backfield. So I think at the end of the day with this. Um, you know, Arizona, Khalil Tate, if Khalil Tate is healthy, Hawaii is going to have a hard time dealing with that speed. But that said, I think Hawaii is somebody is a team that, um, shouldn't be overlooked in the Mountain West Conference. I think they're going to be a lot better than, uh, than people are giving them credit for. Uh, I was just looking at, uh, Lindy Sports, I actually have their magazine here in front of me and they have them ranked as the 86th ranked team, 
Um, and they have them fourth in the West Division, have them behind Fresno State, San Diego State, Nevada. So I, I think that's a fair assessment in terms of where they are in the West Division. But I, I think they're a much better team in the uh, in the national rankings than than again that people are giving them credit for. So I think Arizona gets the win there. I think Florida ends up edging out Miami. But uh, again, close matchups. And uh, I think those games can swing either way, depending on what those matchups look like. So hopefully that gets you prepared for this first week of action. Some guys that you really want to start watching out for who are going to be factors uh, come uh, come 2020 in the draft. So I mentioned before that I wanted to take a look at matchups and, and such, but I think what I really want to do is I haven't gotten a chance to really spend time talking about uh, small school prospects, FCS guys, and uh, just happened to notice that uh, the Senior Bowl sent out their their, their list of uh, you know, the, the watch list for, for the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, that's something that... I always am looking for forward to every year. Jim Nagy uh, released it, and it does have some FCS prospects on there, guys that played in Division Two as well. And so I wanted to break them down a little bit, take a look at what these guys are. You know, so as you see these names popping up, you'll kind of know you know when to tune in. Who are some of these teams that that uh, and some of these guys that I need to key in on um, at some of these smaller schools. So if we start with the quarterback position, Tom Flacco, 6'1", 208 pounds out of Towson, um, you know, in 2015 and 2016 was at, at Western Michigan, well, went to Rutgers in 2017, graduated, and then ended up transferring there to Towson, was a uh, Walter Payton finalist in 2018, finished fifth place overall, uh, CAA first team, um, and was there the league's offensive player of the year, Third in, in FCS in total offense, fifth in pass, uh, passing yards, and sixth in passing touchdowns. Uh, let's see, 61% passer, uh, over 3,200 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Need to cut down on those on those touchdowns. 35 sacks, got sacked quite a bit. So that's another thing that uh, that you have to worry about a little bit there. But uh, I, I think where he really excels, 742 yards on the ground and uh, and four touchdowns. So you're going to see a really good athlete, kind of an undersized quarterback, but a guy who can make plays outside the pocket. Jacob Nip out of Northern Colorado, 6'4", 218 pounds. Now look, this guy, three straight years with shoulder injuries in, in 2016, 17, and 18. Uh, in 2016, was injured in the second game. Game, played in four and a half games in 2017 and then 2018 just three games before he went out with an injury um, now in 2015 as a freshman started in week four and ultimately set freshman records for completions yards and touchdowns uh, 3.4 gpa really a smart kid 6'4 218 pounds as i mentioned previously you know he's he's just a guy can't stay healthy he's gonna have to have a big year and i think the medicals with that shoulder that's really going to be a huge concern uh, Jake Meyer out of UC Davis, six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, you know Dan Hawkins really has that offense flying. Uh, Meyer uh, came in. You know, um, you know, I'm Mayor. I'm sorry. 
um, Jake Mayer. And uh, let's see, in 2016 was at Long Beach City College. In 2017 was a Big Sky Newcomer of the Year, second team all-conference. Then in 2018, really a breakout season, the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year, first team all-Big Sky uh, against Sac State. Went 30, 37 to 46 for 478 yards with zero interceptions. And uh, against San Jose State, their third win in, in program history, the Aggies beating the San Jose State um, Spartans 44 uh, 38. Uh, he threw for 446 yards and three touchdowns to, to beat them. Um, Let's see, a season ago, 65.4% completion percentage, uh, just over 3,900 yards, 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, also ended up with 10 interceptions the previous year. Needs to cut down on some of the mistakes. Um, but when you throw in the ball 557 times, you know, I, I think after a while, you know, at, at 65 percent, you know, completion percentage, you know, that's really the thing. Dan Hawkins likes to spread the ball around. Really, uh, you know, he was throwing to Keelan Doss. No more Keelan Doss. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. You know, building rapport with those receivers that are coming back. You know, took UC Davis to their first playoff there uh, in uh, in the FCS as well. Uh, Nick Tiano out of UC Chattanooga, or, uh, Tennessee Ta- uh, Chattanooga, 6'5", 240 pounds. Um, this is a kid, uh, went, went to Mississippi State in, in 2016, played in five games. In 2017, missed the last six games with an injury after moving, uh, transferring to Chattanooga. Uh, 2018 was 16th in the FCS in completions per game uh, against South Carolina, 17-36 to 36 for 254 yards. Uh, 61% completion percentage, over 2,700 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, also... Uh, ran for 259, uh, I'm sorry, 239 yards and a touchdown. Um, but Tennessee Chattanooga gets uh, the Volunteers and uh, James Madison back-to-back weeks on September 14th and the 21st. If Nick Tiano really wants to stay, you know, take the next step, make a statement as a guy to watch for the draft, he's going to have to have big games against some big-time opponents. Northern Arizona's uh, Case Cookus is 6'4", 205 pounds. Um, when you look at his numbers, uh, really wasn't, a, you know, the, the full-time starter until 2017, um, you know, 58% passer over 3,400 yards, 22, uh, touchdowns, six interceptions played in just two games last year due to injury. Uh, so, you know, another guy, you know, let's see what he can do, uh, in 2019. Can he rebound? That's going to be the biggest question. And then finally at the quarterback position, there's Brady Davis out of Illinois State, 6'4", 210 pounds, left knee injury in 2016. Uh, 2017 played in just one game for Memphis and then uh, transferred to Illinois State. Uh, was the Missouri Valley Football Conference. All um, Made the all-newcomer team second in the voting overall. Just 55% completion percentage, 1,944 yards passing, 19 touchdowns and just five interceptions. Um, he'll be a guy to watch there as well. Um, when you look at the running backs, if we want to switch gears, and I think we do, uh, Shane Simpson out of Towson. So we've already talked about the quarterback. Now you got a running back to go with at 5'9", 200 pounds. was the first-team All-American a season ago. The CAA Special Teams Player of the Year as well. Um, this is a guy, let's see, just 711 yards on the ground a season ago uh, to go along with six touchdowns, with 39 receptions, another five touchdowns uh, there. And then in, in the return game, has two uh, kick returns for touchdown under his belt. A guy who's a very versatile athlete, um, you know, smaller guy on the small side, but you know, put together pretty solidly. As is James Robinson, 5'10", 220 pounds out of Illinois State. 
Remember, we talked about the quarterback as well. We got a running back, Walter Payton, finalist, FCS All-American, first team All-Missouri Valley Conference, led the conference in rushing, was sixth on the Illinois State rushing list, uh, two games with 200-plus yards, six games with 100-plus yards. Uh, in 2017, was a second-team All-Conference selection. In 2018, over 1,200 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns to go along with 12 receptions uh, for 164 yards, just under 1,000 yards in 2017, 933 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns there, uh, over 2,500 uh, yards on the ground, 26 touchdowns to go along with 42 receptions. Um, he's someone powerfully built as uh, as well, and a guy who I think is going to be fun to watch. But I think the guy, if, you, if you're looking for a running back who could potentially make that leap to the next level, is A.J. Hines out of Duquesne. 5'11", 225 pounds, was a Walter Payton Award finalist, first-team FCS All-American, the NEC Offensive Player of the Year, first-team All-NEC as well, seven games with 100 yards uh, rushing, including six in a row, was third in the FCS in rushing with 1,520 yards, uh, 15 touchdowns uh, as well, has 42 receptions in his career, over 3,800 yards and 38 touchdowns. So this is a guy, you know, has, has really just produced every time, you know, you know, every time he's, he sets foot out on the field, uh, three straight seasons with over a thousand yards rushing, um, he's the guy to watch. You know, just a big, powerfully built back, um, pretty good hands as well, and uh, a guy I'm looking forward to seeing play. You know, I want to get my hands on some Duquesne tape. Um, you know, I'll be watching some ESPN Plus games for sure to to get my eye on him. Now, at the wide receiver position, we've got some pretty good receivers. I actually got to watch uh, Elijah Bell for NC, uh, NC uh, I'm sorry, North Carolina A&T in the Celebration Bowl. Thought he had a really good game there. Um, he just, you know, he's 6'1", 225 pounds, needs just 26 receptions to become the, all, the team's all-time leading receiver and also 173 yards to also be the all-time leader for for yards. Shares the TD record already with 25 Um you know, was the second team all MEAC in 2016 and 2018, and the first team uh, in 2017. Um, you know, 147 receptions, uh, over 2,000 yards, 25 touchdowns uh, to his credit, including 11 in 2017. Big bodied, physical, a guy who I think is pretty athletic and uh, can be a weapon outside the numbers. Michael Bandy from the University of San Diego, 5'10", 190 pounds, consensus All-American 2018, fifth most uh, yards in FCS history, totaling 698 yards, receiving and 14 touchdowns um, after just five starts as a sophomore. Uh, you know, just someone who just knows how to get open, has a knack for finding, uh, finding you know voids in the defense. The guy who was a threat to go go all the di- you know all the way doesn't always look like the fastest guy, and yet he's still making these plays. Over 19 uh, yards per reception uh, a season ago, 18.3 for his career. Um, definitely a guy who is exciting, you know, uh, exciting playmaker. I think he'll uh, be a weapon potentially in the slot at the next level. Um, Jaquez uh, Ezard, um, you know, was a 5'9", 190 pounder out of uh, out of Howard, uh, over a thousand yards receiving a season ago on just 40 receptions, 12 touchdowns, 26.6 yards per reception. You want to talk about a game breaker with game breaking speed? This is a guy that's got it. Um, as a sophomore, 34 receptions, 895 yards. That's 
uh, you know, 26.3 yards per reception, six touchdowns there. So definitely a vertical home run hitter, um, undersized, um, but definitely a weapon who, who has that speed to run by defenders. Um, you know, Jim Nagy also has Jonathan Giles out of Texas Southern now. Uh, 6'1", 200. The name may sound familiar. He started his career at Texas Tech, over 1,000 yards in 2016, 69 receptions, uh, 13 touchdowns, and uh, was really one of their th- that team's go-to targets down the field. Uh, in 2017, went to LSU, transferred. Uh, 2018, uh, just played in eight games, just saw, you know, saw 10 passes thrown his way, uh, really underutilized, but that was a team that was just so loaded at, at, at the receiver position. A lot of guys couldn't really spread the ball around. Moving to Texas Southern, he's from Missouri City, Texas. This is really going to be him coming home um, as a graduate transfer. And then finally at the receiver position, how about Josh Pearson out of Jackson uh, Jacksonville State? 6'4", 205 pounds. Um, the redshirt junior in 2018, first team all American, um, 67 receptions over 1100 yards at 16.8 yards per reception, 17 touchdowns, had a long of 75 yards, big, uh, big play weapon, um, long, you know, does a really good job on the, along the sidelines can be a weapon in the red zone as well. Uh, big play guy. Um, so those are the receivers tight ends. You know, Dayton, not every day that you talk about Dayton, you know, you think about their basketball team, but the Flyers also have a, a pretty good tight end there in, in Adam Troutman, 6'6", 253 yards, 29 starts to his name, uh, led the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns a season ago, 41 catches, 604 yards, 9 touchdowns, has 108 receptions, uh, just under 1,400 yards receiving and, and 17 touchdowns in his career. Uh, Nigel Kilby is a big dude. 6'8", 243 pounds out of Southern uh, Illinois. Uh, played at Eastern Michigan in 2016. 34 catches, 437 yards, and four touchdowns. Ultimately transferred to Southern Illinois. Uh, played in nine games. Well, first he went to Garden City uh, Community College, then went to, to Southern Illinois. Nine games, two starts, missed two games due to injury. Um, but still had 16 catches for 230 yards and six touchdowns. Just a big dude there at the tight end position. You know, when you think of big guys a season ago at Stetson, Donald Parham uh, was the third leading receiver in the FCS. Um, got a look in the league before ultimately getting cut. Um, Nigel Kilby there, Southern Illinois. You know, they've got a couple of players there that we'll be talking about. So, um, you know, Kilby is going to be one of those guys to watch. And then Bradley Moore out of Northern uh, Iowa, 6'3", 242 pounds. First team all, all um, Missouri Valley Conference uh, after you know, putting up 39 catches, 536 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, so he's going to be a weapon there. And then finally, Eric Henneman out of Lindenwood, a Division II first-team All-American, 6'3", 236 pounds, 57 receptions, 639 yards, and nine touchdowns on the year. Um, so he's going to be somebody to to watch as well there on the Division II side. Got just two more positions to cover. Offensive tackle, you got Adam Solomon of Illinois State, 6'6", 320 pounds, a transfer from Illinois. Played in 24 games, mostly on special teams for uh, the Fighting Illini. And then at the center position, here's a guy that's really interesting, Kyle Murphy, 6'4", 302 pounds from Rhode Island. Uh, first team all-conference a season ago for the Rams. Uh, 25 starts in his career. Now check this out. 10 starts at left tackle, 9 at left guard, 
five at right tackle and one at the center position, which is really the position that he's going to be playing here in uh, in 2019. He's somebody who has to be on NFL radars, if nothing else, because of the versatility. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a pretty darn good player as well. So those are the FCS and, and small school prospects, you know, to, to keep an eye out for, um, you know, really because Jim Nagy said so when you take a look at uh, uh, the Senior Bowl uh, watch list. Now, uh, if you switch to the defensive side of the ball, Bryce Sterk out of Montana State, 6'5", 260 pounds, um, spent uh, time there at Washington with uh, the Huskies 2015 to 2017, and then in 2018 played the buck position. Um, and uh, when you look at his stats, 61 total tackles, 17 behind the line of scrimmage, eight and a half sacks, moving to defensive end this year, uh, going to be a guy, you know, I think he has the size to play the, the defensive end position, and I'm going to be curious to see what he can do coming off the edge there for Montana State. Uh, Jonah Williams out of Weber State, not a guy that people really talk about, um, you know, because when you see, hear Jonah Williams, you think of uh, the, the Alabama offensive tackle that was taken by the Bengals in the 2019 draft. You know, that, that'd be a good trivia question. How many times have you had the, a guy by the same name drafted in consecutive drafts? You know, that'd be, be interesting. I'm kind of pulling for Jonah Williams uh, to get that done just so that we can find out uh, what the answer to that trivia question might be. Uh, in 2018, you know, first team all sky, 13 starts to his credit. You know, when you talk about starts, this is a guy who has 37 total under his belt. It was a freshman All-American in 2016. Um, you know, a guy with, let's see, uh, he, uh, 132 tackles, uh, to his credit, uh, 17 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks in his career. Um, you know, a guy who, um, has been pretty consistent making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and a guy who just hadn't really hauled in any um, let me make sure I'm looking at this right yeah so pretty consistent you know making plays behind the line of scrimmage didn't end up with any sacks last season in in 13 games but a guy who again is, is going to be a weapon there for Weber State uh, how about Makai Brown the 6'5", 250-pounder at a, at a Tennessee State, uh, 2018. Um, let's see. You know, had you know, five sacks to go along with, um, you know, 38 tackles. Um, you know, but in, in 20, 20, uh, 2018, 67 tackles, seven sacks to his credit. You know, has three total pass breakups. You know, a, a pretty good athlete coming off the edge. Um, I'm sorry, I was looking at uh, the next guy's numbers. His numbers, 26 tackles, 4 sacks, which is tied for the lead, 6.5 tackles for loss of pass breakup, and a forced fumble in 2018. Um, he, you know, If you remember Makai Brown, um, he was the guy that got into the scuffle there in the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia on the sideline, ultimately ended up transferring to Tennessee State. Now, I was mentioning those other numbers, the... Uh, um, the, the seven sacks in 27 in 2018 and five sacks in 20, uh, 20, 
18. That was Nasir Player, 6'5", 241, East Tennessee State, second-team All-American a season ago. Buck Buchanan, finalist, had 11 quarterback hurries as well. Um, you know, a guy who was a SoCon all-freshman team in 2016, had seven starts there, another 11 starts in 2017. Um, you know, pretty good athlete coming off the edge. Uh, if we switch to the inside linebackers, this is where you're going to see some interesting players. Jonas Griffin, uh, I'm sorry, Griffith, uh, out of Indiana State, 6'4", 250 pounds, an All-American, first-team All-Conference, led the conference in tackles with 132 back-to-back, 100 tackle seasons, um, you know, 21 and a half tackles for loss in his career, 10 sacks um, to his credit as well, two interceptions, five pass breakups, uh, you know, a guy who does just really a good job flying around to the football. Um, 32 games under his belt, um, you know, 276 total tackles, just had 37 in, in his freshman season, but has a chance to have three straight seasons uh, with over 100 tackles there for the Sycamores. Now, Zach Hall, Southeast Missouri. Remember this name, six foot, 238 pounds. Uh, in 2017, second team all-conference, look, you know, had 79 tackles, did make uh, some plays behind the line, 15 tackles for loss, nine sacks. You know, really a guy that made a you know, made a living going after the quarterback. There, uh, you know, three forced fumbles to his credit as well. Then all of a sudden he blows up in 2018 with the Buck Buchanan Award winner, which is the Defensive Player of the Year for the FCS um, and the uh, Athletic Directors Association. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year was also the Ohio Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year, an All-American First Team All uh, Ohio Valley Conference. Setting a school record, 168 tackles, you know, including 67 solo, 12 tackles for loss, two sacks, um, four interceptions. Um, let's see, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, four four interceptions uh, and and six pass breakups, uh, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. You know, this is just someone and you know has blocked two kicks in his career as well. Um, but Zach Hall, a, a guy who you really want to see, can he match that production from a season ago? Um, you know, another 120 tackles, and he's going to hit that that milestone of 400 tackles in his career. And uh, I think that's definitely within reach if he has another season like he did in 2018. Dante Olson out of Montana mentioned him in last week's podcast. Six three, 237 pounds. Why do we mention him? Well. It was because of the 151 tackles that he had in 2018. Uh, Buck Buchanan, finalist, All-American, first-team All-Conference uh, as well. Um, you know, a guy, 15 and a half tackles for loss, uh, eight sacks in his career, two interceptions, five pass breakups, three forced fumbles. A guy who just is instinctive and, and a playmaker. Both Dante Olsen and Zach Hall, I think, are guys that should be on NFL radars, uh, as is... Uh, Christian Roseboom out of uh, South Dakota State at 6'2", 230 pounds. This guy has been an All-American all three seasons there um, you know, for the Jackrabbits. Uh, was a freshman All-American in 2016. When you look at his stats, you know, three straight seasons with over 100 tackles, including 132 as a freshman. Uh, you know, when you have 105 tackles in, in 2018 and that's your low output, um, you know, you must be doing something right. You know, that's, that's pretty impressive, um, you know, 
tackles for loss this season to go 23 to you know total in his career 12 pass breakups five forced fumbles four fumble recoveries has blocked the kick as well knows what to do when he gets to the ball um, you know, just four sacks, so not really much of a sack artist, but six interceptions in his career, uh, two in each of his seasons, one of which was returned for a touchdown. That was his freshman season. Uh, just a guy who, who just knows how to make plays and, uh, you know, someone who's really you're going to want to key in on and watch South Dakota State. You know, they get... Uh, they get to play play some of the some of the big boys, and and they really are, are one of those teams that consistently year in year out, you know, um, in the in the playoff. So Christian Rose uh, Roseboom, definitely someone that you're going to want to watch there in uh, in 2019. Um, let's see. Switching gears to the back half of the defense and really at the cornerback position, Manny Patterson out of Maine. Maine, yeah, they've, they've got a pretty solid defense. Um, and uh, 5'10", 180 pounds. In 2018, first team all CAA, 14 starts, 22 pass breakups, which was third in the FCS uh, to go along with uh, an interception. You know, a guy who... You know that interception there in 2018 was his first of his of his career, but you know 42 pass breakups. You know that's something that you know he has the ball skills. The guy who knows what to do when he arrives at the football. You just would like to see him um, really take things and elevate things to the next level and really start picking off some passes there. Um, of course, quarterbacks are going to shy away from him just a little bit. Then how about Rashad Robinson out of uh, James Madison? I would have loved to have seen. What Jimmy Moreland and Rashad Robinson could have done for James Madison had uh, Rashad Robinson not torn his knee in, in 2018. Got the medical hardship, though, is back for one more season. 5'11", 188 pounds in 2017. Uh, fit, played in 15 games, 8 starts. First team All-American. And in 2017, um, you know, had, had 51 tackles at the cornerback position. Um, you know, two and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, but seven interceptions and 16 pass breakups. You know, I think that's really something that jumps out. You know, a guy who just knows how to make plays, does a really good job reading the quarterback's eyes. Um, very quick, no wasted movement. Uh, I just want to see what he can do, you know, rebounding from that knee injury. Going to have to make sure that those medicals check out as well if he wants to get drafted um, in the, you know, middle of day two. Uh, safety positions. I mentioned there was going to be another Southern Illinois Saluki, and we'd have one here. Uh, and Jeremy Chin, 6'3", 212 pounds, first team all uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference. Um, you know, this guy's a smart kid too, 3, 3.58 GPA. Um, but uh, when you look at the stats, uh, 172 tackles in his career, two and a half tackles for loss, Nine interceptions, three interceptions in each of, of uh, his seasons there at Southern Illinois, and then 24 uh, pass breakups and six forced fumbles. A guy who just knows what to do when he gets to the football. Was a freshman All-American in 2016, and uh, like I said, first-team All-Mountain, um, I'm sorry, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference um, selection. You know, blocked a kick as well in 2018. 3.58 GPA, smart kid. Um, he's somebody to watch there at the safety position. As is Marlon Bridges out of Jacksonville State. Six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, first team All American. First team All uh, Ohio Valley Conference was a first team All American in 2017. 2016 was a freshman All American. Um, you know, a guy who, when you look at the numbers, um, you know, and, and let's see. Why do my numbers not look great? 
Um, so he's got 19 pass breakups in his career um, and and eight, eight interceptions. A guy who has pretty good instincts there on the back end for, uh, for Jacksonville State. Um, Illinois State's Luther Kirk, 6'2", 215 pounds, another big kid. Wasn't a part of the team in 2017, um, but 2018, first team all-conference selection, 61 tackles uh, to go along with five interceptions, eight pass breakups. Someone who I really want to see build upon that that season there in 2018 if he's going to want to um, get scouts interested in his play, especially not being a part of the team in 2017. Um, a lot of question marks. You're going to have to kind of take a look at things there. Uh, how about Bobby Price out of Norfolk State? 6'4", 205, big kid. You worry about the stiffness in his hips. Has picked off six passes, 21 pass breakups, including 10 a season ago. Uh, was a third-team all-conference selection um, you know, last year. And uh, you know has, let's see... 25 starts to to his name has played both free and um, both safety positions both free and strong and uh, you know a guy for Norfolk State if you get a chance to watch tune in and watch him he's got the the long dreads uh, so he'll be a fun guy to 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 watch out there it won't be hard to find him uh, Josh Sandry 61210 out of Montana um, second leading t- returning ca- tackler to Dante Olson from 2017. Um, 61 tackles, uh, two interceptions, seven pass breakups, has 13 uh, pass breakups total in his career, 140 tackles, uh, a couple of sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. And then uh, Kyle Duggar out of uh, Lenore Ryan, 6'2", 200 pounds, uh, another guy, 163 tackles in his career, five and a half tackles for loss, four interceptions and 20 pass breakups, four forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries as well. A guy who just knows what to do when he arrives at the football. That's what you're looking for on the back end of your defense, guys who can be difference makers, and I think Kyle Duggar can definitely do that. Uh, So those are our FCS and small school prospects to keep an eye out for here in in 2019. They're they're on the Senior Bowl watch list. I'm sure that they're going to be adjusting that, adding some guys to it, and I'll be trying to key in on some of the FCS games as well as much as I can. Um, you know, so if you take a look at at the schedule after Miami and, and Florida and, and Arizona and Hawaii. Next week's podcast, we'll break down those matchups. We'll really take a look at it and really talk about what to expect um, the full full week. You know, August 29th there on Thursday. You know, just to take a, a quick look at, at at teams that you'll be looking at and looking for. Um, let's see, UCF with Brandon Wimbush a quarterback taking on Florida A and M. Um, you'll get to see Clemson take on Georgia Tech. Uh, let's see, Texas A&M and Texas State. Texas State has as Brian London at linebacker, a guy who I really enjoy watching play. South Dakota, South Dakota State, you get to see Christian Roseboom take on Minnesota, um, you know, Fox Sports 1. Uh, let's see, ASU taking on Kent State. Um, Northern Colorado, you know, I mentioned them earlier. Um, if you're scoring at home, that was with Jacob Nip at the, the quarterback. They're taking on San Jose State. And then obviously in the nightcap, you'll have Utah, the number 14 ranked Utes, taking on BYU uh, in uh, in Provo. Friday, August 30th, you're going to have you know, Miss, uh, Michigan State taking on Tulsa. Uh, Wisconsin, number 19 Wisconsin, going to Raymond James Stadium to take on um, USF. That's going to be an interesting game. 
uh, to say the least. Uh, Wake Forest against Utah State. Now, Wake Forest, an ACC program, going up against Jordan Love and company. That's going to be a fun one. I'm going to make sure to tune into that one. Um, you know, Colorado, Colorado State, you got that rivalry. Uh, Purdue's traveling to Reno to take on Nevada. Um, and then we hit Saturday, August 31st. You know, Ohio State taking on Lane Kiffin in Florida Atlantic. Um, Iowa State taking on Northern, Northern, I'm sorry, Northern Iowa. Um, let's see, Howard. Um, you know, I mentioned, uh, you know, Howard a little bit there with uh, Jaquez Izar, the, the speedster. They're taking on Maryland um, on the Big Ten Network, so you get to see him play Memphis against Mississippi. That'll be a fun one, as will, uh, let's see, uh, West Virginia and, and James Madison. Um, it doesn't look like it's televised. It's going to be at Milan Pusker Stadium there in Morgantown, um, but you know that's going to be it's interesting. You know, I wonder if they're going to pick that game up anywhere. Um, Alabama taking on Duke at home. No, it's actually going to be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Okay. Um, let's see what else do we have here. What other games can we key in on? Um, teams to watch out for. Stanford's taking on Northwestern. Stanford's ranked number 25 in the country. K.J. Costello um, playing the Wildcats and Patty Fisher at home. Um, let's see, Montana State. Mentioned them a little bit here. They're taking on Texas Tech, uh, the start of the Matt Wells era. Um, Syracuse taking on Liberty. Liberty and Hugh Freeze. Um, you know, you'll have Buckshot Calvert throwing the ball to Antonio Gandy-Golden, Syracuse uh, with, with Kendall Coleman and uh, McKinley Williams and Alton Robinson uh, there along the front four. That's a formidable group. UC Davis mentioned Jake Mayer uh, taking on Cal. Uh, let's see, Illinois State mentioned quite a few of their players. They'll be taking on Northern Illinois, so you'll be able to see what they can do against uh, an FBS program. Um, Georgia, number three, Georgia taking on Vanderbilt, traveling to Vanderbilt Stadium there in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. LSU taking on Georgia Southern. Um, Oregon and Auburn, that's going to be the marquee matchup. You know, the 11th ranked Ducks taking on the 16th ranked Tigers in AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. That's going to be a fun one. Missouri going to Wyoming. Um, get to see Kelly Bryant play. Um, that'll be an interesting, interesting game to tune into. Um, you know, Virginia, you'll get to see your Bryce Love take on Pitt. Uh, Texas is playing Louisiana Tech at home. Um, Weber State, Jonah Williams, uh, he'll get to take on San Diego State. Um, traveling to San Diego to take that, uh, you know, that matchup. Uh, and then USC and Fresno State in the final game of the night, 7.30 Pacific there at the Coliseum. Last two games on the schedule beyond that. Houston taking on the number four ranked Oklahoma Sooners. That'll be played at uh, Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Jalen Hurts and company going on there, um, throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb. Get to see what Alex Grinch's defense can do against the high-powered Houston offense. Uh, Dana Holgerson and company, uh, De'Ara King there at quarterback. And then finally on Monday, September 2nd, Number nine ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish Ian Book at the helm of the you know on offense defensively being led by the likes of uh, you know Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, and uh, Aloe Gilman uh, traveling 
to Cardinal Stadium there in Louisville, Kentucky, taking on the Louisville Cardinal. So that'll be the all the matchups. We're going to break those down a little bit further next week after we talk about Miami and and, uh, and, and Florida and Arizona and Hawaii. We'll break down what those matchups are going to look like, what to expect um, in some of those different matchups, what are the, uh, the guys to really key in on. We'll break all of that down. Um, so I think my job is done here. Hopefully you are ready to go, ready for the games here on Saturday, August 24th. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. College football is back. I can't stress that enough. It's, you know, just my, I can't contain my, my excitement. College football is back. Say it loud, say it proud, go outside, scream at the top of the rooftops. College football season is is here to stay. I love it. Can't wait. And then, you know, I'm looking forward to next week when we have a full slate of games. Um, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll take it one game at a time. And we really have to cherish the college football season because next thing you know, it'll be gone in a blink of an eye. But I want to help you through the entire college football season, you know, and bring you, you know, into my world, into my madness, what I see when I watch games, you know, how I'm taking my notes, you know, I'll take you every step of the way through the entire process. So without further ado, time to sign off, time to say goodbye until next time. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I've enjoyed bringing this to you for readyforthedraft.com. This is the ready for the draft podcast. I am Greg Schutz. I hope everyone has a great weekend, a great week. We will talk again next week. We'll get to start talking about football and some of the games that we've gotten to watch and start really talking about the matchups. So until then, everyone, again, have a great week. Take care, and I am out of here.